The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. All righty, it's that time. Listen to Rail and Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters, and the Lakers are no longer on the sidelines, but they are at the podium, and they are champions of the world. NBA champions of the world. Boom, boom. Where you at? Boom. Boom from L.A., of course, called us last week, and, you know, he was happy. He pretty much knew what was going to happen out there, and, and the land of Lala, as they call it, I uh, felt very confident that the Lakers was going to win. As a matter of fact, our caller from L.A. told us that the party had started before the game. That's how confident they were. Well, I want to congratulate those Lakers because it was not easy. I believe in the preseason, uh, if you look back, I think going in, the Lakers were probably the favorite team. Uh, but very few times. I mean, if it was, you know, the way it's predicted uh, pre-seasons, if that would hold up true, uh, Vegas would be broke because everybody would listen to those uh, who think they know the truth and can predict the truth of an NBA, NFL, or Major League Baseball season, and they would go to Vegas and they'd make their money. And, of course, that's how Vegas would, that would be the downfall of Vegas. But we don't always know. We know a little bit. I mean, you get a chance to play these games. You've been in these high-pressure situations. You live for the moment, and sometimes you succeed and sometimes you don't. And, uh, of course, the Lakers, and, and in particular, young man I was very happy for was Ron Artest. Uh, if you guys have ever got a chance, if you ever get a chance, go out on YouTube and, and you will find that uh, Ron Artest uh, is out there someplace uh, where you'll find him in a press conference. And he, it was just hilarious. It, it was hilarious. The man was definitely, he was taking full advantage of his time. You know, how many, uh, 16 seconds of fame, 16 minutes of fame. I don't know how many minutes of fame that we get. Uh, but Ron extended his version. Uh, but he wanted everybody to know that he wanted them to hurry up. Because Ron was getting ready to go to the club. I mean, he had it in, he had it in perspective. Uh, I came, I saw, I conquered. I'm going to the club. And, and I'm sure he enjoyed himself. And I hope he didn't overdo it. Um, but that man deserved it. He, he, he'd gone through a lot in, in his career as a basketball player. And, uh, you know, certainly there's some people who like the way he plays. There's other people who do, they don't appreciate it. But Ron Artest brings it to the, you know, every, every day. You know, he brings it, um, he brings it to the house. <laughs> you know, that's just what he does. So uh, I'm not sure. Do I have a caller on the line by chance? 
Okay, yes, uh, we got Jairus on hold. Uh, Jairus McIntyre, of course, is, uh, was uh, with us last week when we were talking, and, and Jairus, a former wide receiver uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs, who played a little bit of basketball himself. Uh, Jairus picked it. Jairus, you there, man? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. I'm, I mean, no doubt. I, I got to give you credit. I'm going to give myself a little credit, too. I can't reach my hand. You know, when you can't reach your hand from the top of your head to the back of your shoulder, that means you've been working out just a little bit, you know. So, you know, <laughs> it's kind of hard to touch that way. But but I'm going to pat myself on the back because I, too, you know, I, I, I didn't jump on Kobe's bandwagon. I've been on Kobe's bandwagon. But, yeah. but, but that game just wasn't all about Kobe. Am I right? Yeah, you're definitely right. I mean, it's like I said, uh, you can go back and rewind. It's going to take the other players playing average. And like you were just talking about, Ron Artest, he played above average. So you know, that, that gave leeway with Kobe not having a good game. Lamar stepped up. Paul played his game consistently. So that helped them as a whole. Because with those players, like I said, with those players that they have, I mean, if they all play average or if one plays above average, they're almost impossible to beat. And 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 so, that, and I believe you know at the beginning of the year the Lakers was the team that was that was too hard to beat. I mean everybody was trying to put together a team that was going to be able to beat this year's Lakers team because I mean they were big, they were long, they were athletic. You know they could do they really could do it all. They had a postman, you know. Of course they had they had the front court, back court. They 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 really had it all. At all, huh? And so it was kind of, it was going to be difficult going in to beat the Lakers. And and I and I'm gonna tell you what. You know, you got to look at it now because the Celtics, and, and, you know, a lot of people felt that the Celtics was perhaps maybe the senior citizens team of the league. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and they made it, you know. And so if they were the senior citizens team of the league and, and they made it to the NBA championship and gave the Lakers a, a good, I mean, it was a game games. seven. It, it was a game yeah. seven. And it, it really, it went, it still went down to the wire. So, yep, seven games. Uh, so if we look at it now, and and a lot of people say, well, let's take a little time to see how it develops, in, you know, in the draft and things of that nature. But I mean, there's a couple marquee players coming out, but I don't see any players in the draft that's going to come out and make such an impact that they're going to take a team, you know, to the NBA championship. Let me ask you, and 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 your, you know, the way you look at it. Do you see the Lakers possibly repeating next year? I mean, three-peating next year? Yeah, and, and what I said after they won that championship, I was looking and I was like, I give Kobe at least two or three more good, dominant years. And it, if they can keep Paul and Lamar and, and just keep that that nucleus intact, I mean, I, I, I don't see how they could be beat. I mean, yeah, they're, they're going to get a little older, and it's going to depend on what Phil does. But for the most part, if you keep those three or four guys intact – it's going to be real hard unless you, you know, LeBron, you, you, you get LeBron and Dwayne Wade and Bosh, and they all get together and they just get on one team, which I don't think is possible. I mean, if they don't do it like that, then it's going to be real hard to to break those guys up and, and split them up. And I just don't see them being beat if they're still all together and healthy. Well, I, you know, and you, you said the last word you said was key because I think the big fellow, his knee was bothering him throughout the series. I'm not sure – I'm not sure he's ever going to get a chance to be the player yeah. that he really can be because of injuries. Yeah, and I and I just but honestly, I think they could do it even without Bynum. I mean, with Gasol, Lamar Odom, Ron Artest, and Kobe Bryant, if them four are healthy, I, I just don't see. I mean, yeah, Bynum was in and out and in and out. Now, if Bynum comes healthy and he becomes dominant, then it's going to be really impossible. Well, you know but, what? It's, it's it's interesting you say that too because you know you you threw a name in there and and to me. 
you know, I thought he was a little cons- inconsistent, and, and, and that is Odom, to me, didn't bring it game in, game out. Every yeah. night he, he didn't bring it like we thought he would finally get a chance to really take his step on, out of the shadows, step out of the shadows of Kobe Bryant. And, and, and let's just say this. If Kobe is the Michael Jordan, Bynum, I mean, not Bynum, but, but, but the big fella, Odom had a chance to be the sidekick. And the sidekick, uh-huh. is, as, as we always know up there, you know, Michael Jordan has Scottie Pippen. So Odom uh-huh. had a chance to become the Scottie Pippen, but I don't think he did it. Nah. I think, honestly, I think Paul Gasol is the Scottie Pippen because he's a perennial all-star. He's going to play consistent. Out of six, out of seven games, six are going to be pretty consistent, probably 20 points, a double-double, 20 points, 10, 11 rebounds. And you're always going to have Kobe. So I look at Gasol as the sidekick. And if you can get a little bit out of Artes and a little bit out of Lamar and a little bit out of Bynum, I mean, you, I, I mean that's, that just says enough right there. I mean, you see how LeBron went to, I mean, with their team having the best record in the NBA, it's just LeBron. You can't really name anybody besides LeBron. Yeah, you have Mo, Mo Williams. You have an old Shaquille O'Neal. Well, you know, Mo, Mo, Mo might not be there. I mean, I, yeah. I, I think there's some talks out there, but Mo might be going someplace else. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, with that being said, then, yeah, that'll be a killer to LeBron. But back, like, back to what I was saying, with him just being LeBron, that dominant helped them, you know, lead them to the best – record in the in the regular season so if you have a dominant player and you have a sidekick that can play that's consistent as like a like a uh, Paul Gasol you can get yourself deep into the playoffs and maybe win a ring if you have a dominant player one dominant player and another really really good player well I, I agree with the real dominant player I agree with that and and that sidekick but I think that you need that third person I think you need that third piece of the wheel I, you know if you look at those teams that won it, they, they always had it. You know, Magic had it. Magic, Showtime was Magic. It was Kareem and James Worthy. Mm-hmm. You know, doctor, uh-huh. when Doc did it, you know, it was, it was Dr. J. It was uh, Andrew Tony, you know, and it was Moses Malone and, of course, Mo Cheeks at the helm. You know, when, uh-huh. when, when, uh-huh. when Boston did it, you know, it was Larry Bird. It was Mikhail. It was, it was the Chief, you know. Uh-huh. So, so yeah, I, yeah. I, think, I think you need that even when Michael did it. You know, yeah, it you was do. it was Michael, it, it was Scottie Pippen, and it, it was Dennis Rodman. Uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. so I, I think you need that third piece. And it's, it's that third piece with me with the Lakers. See, I can go with Kobe right now. I, I might even go with Ron Artest as being that third. Well, he might be, because I, I don't know. Because yeah. of the fact that Odom didn't show up and Odom got, you know, Odom and his girl and all that kind of stuff. Man, I, uh, yeah. I, Odom might be expendable. But I, I think really the way, if, the way he set it up like that, the, the Lakers had the luxury because one game, Ron could be that third guy, but then another game, Lamar could be that third uh, guy. I, I got or another, you. That's you know, right. Or Bynum could be that third guy in any particular game. So you kind of have three or four options to be that third guy. That just that, That's what makes them so good. You make a good, that's a very good point. You're exactly right. You know, and, and that is when you go back and you look at it, you notice when I mentioned the Sixers, I mentioned Mo Cheeks. They gave him that fourth, you know, uh-huh. and, uh-huh. and, and, and then they also had somebody else and there might have been, you know, Bobby Jones or somebody in there. So they, they, they had left five, you know, uh-huh. and when uh-huh. you look, when you look at the Lakers, even when you look at Chicago, you know, Mike had some interchangeable parts in there, but they was delivering, you know, they were stepping mm-hmm. up, yes, making, yes. making yes. big plays. Boston, hey, they, Boston was four or five deep. So, yeah, see, see, Boston, yeah, they have a lot of players, yeah. So, yeah, so, 
I mean, either you got to have a nucleus of a team or a dominant player, a sidekick, and a couple little parts. But if you have a nucleus of a team, that'll take over the two or three guys that you have. You know, I would, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to hear my man Charles talk about this right now because, see, Charles was a victim of being a dominant player. And, you know, and Charles had some good teammates around him. You know, Andrew Tony got hurt, but he had Mo Chicks there. You know, he, you know, Doc was getting old, so you know, Doc came out. You know, but he didn't have, as we're talking about here now, we're, we're saying two or three people, but it really is four or five people that really have to be able to contribute. You can't, because it even happened. I think it was Game Six. Whereas I, I think uh, it might have been game five. I'm sorry, game five where Kobe and Gasol were the only two in double figures and, and, and there was nothing the Celtics could do at all. Yeah. I mean, and he, Gasol just made it into the double figures. Hey, listen, we got that music, Judge. We got to take a break. You listen to Rayella Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. That's my man, Jarris McIntyre, on the other side of the country contributing to the show. We'll be right back. Comprehend the guidelines. My chest out, chinchilla all relaxed on the sidelines. I'm so famous. Understand. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left. Left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you. Every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. 
It's been a long time coming. But you know what they say, Kaye. Slow motion better than no motion. I walked in the crib, got two kids, and my baby mama laid. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. So I had to dig what I had to dig, cause I had to get all right, we back. Got that Midwest swag to this show today. Listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Got Jairus McIntyre with me. And, you know, we were talking about, you know, before we went to break, we were talking about the team, you know, and obviously, you know, what can't be won by just one man in that game. You know, Kobe needed some help. Michael needed some help. Magic needed some help. Bird needed some help. You know, everybody, Wilk Chamberlain needed some help. You know, everybody needed some help uh, to get the job done. And so uh, I, I just want to segue that into something else where I guess there's something. Roscoe Jenkins must have just, you know, landed in Washington, D.C. because it's all about the team of me. Y'all know Martin's movie. Come on, man. Welcome home, Roscoe Jenkins. And, and, and I guess the new Roscoe Jenkins is Albert Hainsworth because that's all it's about. It seems to be about in, in Washington, with the Redskins is the team of me. I mean, they, they're trying to build a team. They went out and got Donovan McNabb to bring him in to be, a, you know, perhaps maybe a Hall of Fame quarterback. He, he got my vote if I get one. And, and Albert Hainsworth is about, I, I'm not just going to do whatever y'all want me to do. Yeah, I'm not going to be no, this is about the team of me. And, and I know I like to play this technique or that technique, and I don't like to play in the middle, and I don't want nobody double-teaming me and triple-teaming me. Oh, man, come on, Jairus. Now, what happened to team? I mean, if you got, if you got somebody on your team, I mean, regardless, you know, if you make money or you don't, we all want to make as much as we possibly can. But, I mean, when you came out of college and you, you know, coming into the league, got your chance to play, you may have had a, a position that you wanted to play. But did you take the approach of either y'all going to do what I want me to do or I'm not going to play for y'all? Or you said, hey, man, what do I line up at? I mean, what what was your approach to it? Jerry, you still with us? Yeah, wedge bust bust on the kickoff team, gunner. (laughs) I'm talking about, I mean, I'd try to kick if I had to, you know. And it's just mind-boggling that somebody would even – disrespect the NFL like that. I mean, that's not even, I mean, uh, you know, and, and when you say that, Jerry, many times I may take a different approach sometimes because I'm not going to always say that it's a privilege, you know, to play in the NFL because, you know, a privilege and a gift, you know, you just let anybody play. But the fact mm-hmm. of the matter is you have to be good enough to play. And so I think so, I think you definitely earn the right to play. But at the same time, you want to play. I mean, wow, if you get a chance, you know, you you do want to play. Wherever they want to put you at, you want to play. We, we're not talking about the money. Of course, we want to get as much money as we want to get. But we want to play in the National Football League. Now, here's somebody who not only has a chance to play in the National Football League, is making a whole lot of money. But let's forget the money. He seems like he doesn't want to play a certain position, a lineup in a certain technique. And, and why would that be? I mean, like you said, you, I remember Lawrence Taylor was a first-round draft pick my rookie year. And Lawrence Taylor, you said Gunner. Yeah, I was trying to hold up the Gunner. The Gunner, for me, was Lawrence Taylor. Now, here yeah. is a lo- man, the greatest linebacker that ever played the game at that position. He was a Gunner. Now, yeah. what is it that possibly could be going through this man's mind 
that he, you know, he's concerned about where he's lining up at. And, and and that really goes to the me, 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 because people don't, might not know, but, in, you know, in a 3-4, they probably want him to play right over the center. No, that's right. Well, yeah, that wants him to take on the double team. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to do that because, obviously, if two people are blocking you, it's going to be harder to make a play than if you're in a 4-3 and one guy's trying to block you. So that goes all the way back to just me. He wants to make more plays. So with that being said, he's like, I don't want to play right in the middle where I'm going to get double teamed. I want to make more plays. So that, and, and, and that just goes to show that it's really all about me. So, so that's why people in the football world just can't really believe that he would even do that, especially with, with the money that he's getting. Well, you it's know, not like he's trying to play for another contract and he wants to play so he can get a contract. He's just got his contract. And I believe I read somewhere recently he might have just got like $21 million here yeah, recently. Yeah. You know? But let me say this, and you, you made an excellent point. Those who know about football, you know, in a 3-4, they want him to play that nose tackle. So what's going to happen is many times he's going to be double teamed by the center and by the guard. But, but the rules have changed. See, that, that position isn't as, as, as dangerous to your career as it used to be. See, the way that the Denver Broncos used to block that thing back in the day, they'd stand that nose tackle up and then somebody come in and chop him down. You can't do that anymore. So if they're going to be double-teaming Albert, they're going to be up and around the shoulders. I mean, he's a big, strong man. He's been fighting double-teams for, forever. And, mm-hmm. and, and in terms of making plays, I mean, is he, is he looking to get his name called? Because the fact of the matter is, the way it seems like the way his contract is structured, it's not incentive-laden. I mean, he, he's got that $100 million. Yeah, yeah, he's getting the money. <laughs> you know, so what he, maybe he's trying to get 150 I don't know. Get yeah, as yeah, much yeah. as you can. I understand. Get as much as you can. But also, when you play that 3-4, you play that nose tackle, people respect you when you play that nose tackle and yeah, that 3-4 yeah. defense. So he's right. going to be recognized throughout the league for those people that know football of knowing that, listen, he, he clogging that middle up. Ain't nothing coming through that middle, and you're going to have yeah. to double-team him. So I, yeah. you know, I, I really don't understand it, and and for me, it sheds a negative light for the general public when they look at athletes, and he he's representing, you know, there was something out here a couple of weeks ago on the radio. They were saying, okay, who's living up to the stereotype of you know their ethnicity group? Okay, you know who's living up to stereotypes of blacks? Who's living up to stereotypes of Mexicans? Who's living up to stereotypes of whites? You know, he's living up to the stereotypes of of big spoiled football players. You know, and making it bad for everybody else that's out there because you can't make anybody. And there's nobody who's going to have any sympathy for a man that's making a hundred million dollars and says, "I don't want to play." Yeah, and people have it misconstrued sometimes because certain situations are not fair. For like example, with Chris Johnson, he just ran for two thousand yards, but they're trying to give him five hundred thousand on his initial contract. It's a little different with him because he may be sitting out being like, "Hmm, I just you know broke." a couple of NFL records, and y'all trying to give me less than, you know, the uh, 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 second or third string running back on another team. And then I can kind of understand that situation as far as sitting out saying, well, I'm not going to play right now until y'all do something about that because I'm the best running back in the league or one of the best. So that's a certain situation. So people can't clog everybody into one, you know, one problem because there are different situations for every player and every, you know, Every situation, but with Hainsworth, he got—he just got his money, got a new coach, new scheme. They want you to help the team, help Donovan, help everybody else. You know, to 
win championship. And he's just like, no, I'm not going to. I don't want to play. I don't want to be in the middle. I don't want to take on double teams. I want to be, you know, over the shade and make plays, shoot the gap, make plays. So that's just, you know, totally selfish in, in my opinion. No, and, and, and that makes, that, that's a perfect illustration. You, you got two scenarios here. And, and, and like you said, you can't just, let's not put them all in one basket because there's two different scenarios. But you have people, I think they've actually started a website out there on behalf of Chris, because they think he's the, the fans there think he's deserving of his money. I mean, yeah. the fans, there's a situation where fans say, oh, man, okay, let's make something happen because we don't want him not to be happy with the way he's playing and his contract comes up and he wants to test the free agent market. We don't, we don't want to do that, you know. I, I remember when I was playing, I had a coach, Marion Campbell, and Marion said to me, he said, you know, when I got my deal done, he said, Ray, it feels good to be wanted. And, and that's exactly right. You you feel like that. You know, I don't ever want to do anything. I don't want to be any place where I'm not welcome and I'm not wanted. And in this particular case, you know, Albert, I mean, they're saying to you, you know, for a while, there, even when Shanahan first came in there, there was this thing going on where Shanahan perhaps maybe wasn't going to welcome Albert Hainsworth. Maybe he didn't want Albert. Some people were saying he was going to trade. He's going to get him out of there. But it's kind of hard to unload a $100 million contract. Yeah, but but yeah. but 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 the fact of the matter is Shanahan wants this man on this team. He wants him to be a part of this team, and they've already paid him. For Chris, you know, I'm like you. I, I think they need to do something to pay him. If and he's talking about perhaps maybe holding out, and I would support that position of him holding out instead of playing for. And, and I hate yep. to say it like this, a measly five hundred thousand dollars, because because that's what that is. I mean, like you said, he possibly could. And you know what? I'm going to tell you what. If I, I would flip a coin, I, I, I truly would. I would flip a coin. And if you gave, and I love Adrian Peters. Oh, yeah. man, I, he played the game like it should be paid. Play, yeah. but, yeah. but I, you know, I would flip a coin. If I got him or Chris, I, I, would, I wouldn't feel hurt at all. I'd take either one of them. Yeah, yeah. And Adrian's and, making some pretty good money. Yeah, yeah, pretty, yeah, pretty good. So, it's, it's like you said, two totally different situations, and I think Chris should be paid. He is a running back. He's won in his third year. Running backs don't last long, so he has to get his money while he can. Well, he don't want to go out there and all of a sudden run for a thousand yards or eight, nine hundred yards and get has a banged up year. Then he would have been looking back like, man, you know, I was a dummy for going out there and playing. So he's like, man, why I'm on top? I done broke Marshall Falk's uh, uh, record yards, of, you know, from scrimmage. Let me get this money while I can. So that's just totally different from Haynesworth, who just got his money, who's just got $21 million, I guess, uh, bonus and, you know, guaranteed after, you know, this offseason a couple months ago. It's just, it's just totally different, and it just makes me shake my head to think that somebody would – could do that really? It's just it's just mind-boggling. Yeah, and and when you think about it, I mean, Tennessee obviously is feeling very good about Chris because uh, they just let the one big fella go. He he went to Seattle. They let him go before the season started, and uh-huh. and and so it's like, okay, are we going to up this workload on Chris? I mean, we're going to give him more carries now. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, they obviously have you know plans for him, uh, but for some reason or another, they're not interested in in, in paying him. And and I truly hope uh, that he that he does get paid because you know right now you know they're in a position where they can pay him because they can redo the deal because right now there's no cap meaning that you hey you don't have to pay this and you don't have to pay that there's no minimum there's no maximum there's all kind of free flowing money out there right now 
So it's probably the it's probably the best time for him and the best position for for him to be. And I tell you what, what's not a good position is not a good position about what's going on at the Players Association and the fact that the government wants to look into some mm, some kind of uh, misleading things that's been going on. We're going to talk about that on the other side. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. We'll be right back. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. Thought goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, is here for you, the fan, to hear about and discuss the week's top stories in the world of sports. We'll discuss not only the headliners, but you'll hear some of the smaller stories that don't usually make it on the sports wires today. It's a forum for the sports fan, hosted by Joe Cribbs, a three-time pro bowler with the Buffalo Bills. Joe is a 10-year pro football veteran, a former Southeastern Conference most valuable player, and a member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Discuss the topics with Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, Mondays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. 
and Jerris McIntyre with me. And uh, Jerris, as we concluded uh, at last segment, I, I mentioned that uh, when we came back on the other side of break, we would talk about something that was, you know, pretty interesting to me. And uh, the more and more things happen and, and days come and go, um, the least likely I am to look at something and think that that is unbelievable. I, I really truly believe now that anything is possible. And, uh, you know, when you hear something, I'm less surprised than I used to be. But I, but this time I'm caught off guard. And, and, and I'm going to read something here. And this, this came out a couple days ago, <clears throat> very special day to me, June 18th, uh, wedding anniversary. Uh, the National Football League Players Association has been advised that the federal authorities are preparing to interview employees and in an investigation into whether former union leaders attempted to collude with the NFL. A person familiar with an email sent to the union staff has told the Associated Press. Now, that collude, man, when you think about that, and, and and let me go a little bit further and say that um, it says the email sent by the union on Friday also says that the NFLPA has been advised that it may have been the victim of violations of federal laws. Wow. Now, you know, when you talk about NFL Players Association employees, uh, you know, Jerry, those are people that work for you and I. Th- those are people that are being investigated because of the fact that there's a chance that those people who work for you and I may have attempted to collude with the NFL in some matters that I'm assuming has to do with the upcoming collective bargaining agreement. So these are people we've already been compromised by the Players Association because of the fact that there was a lawsuit that was won by some former players that sued the Players Association because of the likeness of these former players that was used and abused and they should have been compensated and the deals just went down a way in, in, in such a way that was not legal. So there was a, a, a lawsuit that was brought about and, and, the, and those players won to the tune of $27 million. Now, again, you know, kudos, although a lot of people don't want to say that, kudos to D. Smith, signed a $27 million check, supposedly, that the players at some point in time are going to get that money. Okay, that was not under his watch, but as soon as he came in, he looked at it within 30 days, uh, 60 days, 90 days, he uh, agreed that these players should get their money, dropped, this, you know, didn't, didn't want to go back, didn't want to fight it again, and, and, and decided the players should get their money. Now... Something else he's going to have to deal with, because this happened prior to him coming into office, is that perhaps maybe, and, and I don't think there has been a cleaning of house. So if it hasn't been like a total cleaning of house, there are still people, perhaps, some, not all, maybe none at all, but perhaps maybe some people still working for the Players Association who might have colluded and got together with the NFL and giving and providing some information to benefit the NFL as opposed to looking out for our best interests. And these are people that, again, you know, if you pay your dues, you, you know, you pay your dues. If you, uh, 
if you uh, if you're a member of the Players Association, you know you're you're a member of this. So uh, let me ask you, man, because I'm I'm gonna really drop a bomb on you because. You know, it also throws out a name out here. It throws out that the former NFLPA president, Troy Vinson, and other union members met with NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell and Houston Texans owner Bob McNair, allegedly to provide the league access to confidential union information. Now, how do you feel about that? If, if that's allegedly. If that, if, that, if that happened, would that make you feel good? I mean, how does that make you feel? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah like you said, allegedly, but... I mean that just can't happen. I mean, it's it's kind of like you're like we were talking about earlier, giving the opposing team you know the first ten plays you're going to run. Get if you're an offense, you give the defense what you're going to run. I mean you can't you can't do that. That's real. You know you just can't do that. I mean that's that when it comes down to it, like you said, allege. But if it happened, you can't do that because these. Uh, Current and former players for what they do and what they've been trying to do and putting their butt on the line for the things that they're doing and the players association for the meetings that they have the things they talk about to I guess present to the NFL. Um, they want to keep in house until it's ready and to help benefit them. Now, if you have somebody on that side on your on supposed to be on you know quote unquote our side. And then you go into the other side, telling them what we're talking about. That's just kind of it's just it's just not right. And whomever it was, or whomever it is, or who you know whoever's been doing it, they got to get to the bottom of it because if you keep continue to do it, it's not going to benefit. It's not going to come out good for the you know the player associations. Yeah, and that, and and here's the fact you know according to again there, there's some additional reports that you know. Committee member Mark Bruner and Texan player representative Chris Brown also attended the meetings. And, 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 and that's just, that is really sad to think that, I mean, why would you have even thought about, why would you even consider going to a meeting that is not an official meeting uh, of which uh, the people of which you know you're going to be sitting there bargaining against uh, are going to be in the presence of this, you know, they're going to be there. I mean, what are you going? I mean, anytime I have had a meeting, I've scheduled a meeting, I've agreed to meet with someone. I mean, I know before I go there what the purpose of the meeting is for. I mean, even if I'm just going to have lunch with somebody, okay, we're just going to have lunch. If we're going to hang out, we're just going to hang out. If it's a business meeting, I, it's a, I know what's going to be discussed. So I just find it hard that any of these men who are named would fly because they don't all live in the same place. So somebody had to get on a plane. And somebody had to buy a ticket that I'm going to buy. And somebody had to have a room and, and, and somebody would get on a plane, you know, get a taxi or get a rent a car, go to a meeting and not know why I'm going and then have to have a, a, a ticket to get back. Yeah. So there's man, this right here don't smell real good. It, it, it really does it. And, and it just it just brings about uh, some concern because, see, there's so much dissension amongst you know, current players and former players, but we're trying to get over that because we're trying to let younger players know, listen, we're just trying to tell you the same thing that your parents told you before, that you're going to find out later on that what we told you was the truth. So we're yeah. just trying to give it to you now, give it to you the way it really is. And and whereas before, maybe perhaps maybe there was a lack of communication. Now there is not. So we're all for you. This is the, this is the first, you know, 
thing that I've really seen where I can truly feel as if, man, somebody is really trying to compromise somebody else by the way this thing is going down here. This, I'm, I've heard about the fights between the NFL alumni and, and, and the NFL Players Association. I've heard about those, but to me, those don't, they, there's no reason to fight because you're both out there advocating and doing what's best for players. In this particular case, these people, as far as I'm concerned, were not looking out for the player's best interest because, again, there should be no question, certainly not a question where the government, anytime the, the government doesn't waste their money too many times. Yeah. I mean, they have resources. They, there's other things they need to be looking into. But, again, you know, pro football is big business, real big business. And so when they've got to take the time to investigate this and look at this, I don't know. Like I said, I'm sniffing because it just it just doesn't smell real good. And so now I don't know if you're aware of this, but now I believe Troy Vincent, Jarris is an employee of the National Football League. So he just went from one side to the other. And and here's the thing about it, <laughs> you know, if he just went to one side to the other and and just was working, I might okay, I might just stop and let's think about that a little bit. I would question that, but. You know, it's like somebody going from the Washington Redskins to the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, mm-hmm. you know. Okay, all right. Now he go over there a little bit. Maybe he's got. Some, but while you're working for the Philadelphia Eagles, yeah, do, yeah. do you go and tell the Dallas? Do you give the Dallas Cowboys the playbook? Playbook and tell you. See no, that? You don't. See that? You see don't that, do that? See and so when Troy, so Troy's position now, I understand that the man needed a job. The Players Association didn't give him a job. He needed a job. Okay, that's something different. But while you're the president or a former president, you're in limbo, and you have a meeting with Commissioner Goodell with some other guys, what was and okay? What's that meeting all about? What, that see, that's different. That that's totally different to me right there. So, uh, you know, mm, it, now it makes me go. Mm. I, yeah, I saw in the city hall, you know, on TV a couple of days ago, and I I'm still going back. I keep going back to old school. Or see them, mm, kind of thing to make you go. Mm. Yeah. And. Uh, <laughs> That's 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 what Troy has done. And uh, Troy was a great ball player. I mean, he was a very, very good ball player. Yeah, good corner. You know, and even as the president, I believe when he was the president that the guys were pretty happy with him. I mean, Troy, Troy was president when you were playing, am I right? Yeah, he was. He was. Okay, and were you guys, were you happy? I believe there were times where he and Gene maybe bumped heads a couple of times. Yeah, 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 because he was, so like he was doing what he had to do for the, for the, uh, for us players. So mm-hmm. no, I never heard too many bad things about Troy. Wow. Well, I tell you what, this this right here is uh, it makes you raise an eyebrow, and you know, and I, I believe. Uh, listen, man, uh, I'm looking here on the screen, and I think I got Boom on the line from L.A. That Boom from L.A. on the line. Okay, maybe he's gone. Oh, we must Boom must be gone. But Boom Boom from L.A. called in, and we we missed him. But we want to recognize Boom 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 is an avid Laker fan. I guess he wanted to get in on some of that Laker talk, but that Laker talk is over with, man. We got to move on to something else. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. We're going to take a break. And Jairus is going to come back. We're going to close this show out. I ain't got no money. I ain't got no car to take you on a date. I can't even buy you flowers. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on and get the 
Chiefs. I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. Hard hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard hitting radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, is here for you, the fan, to hear about and discuss the week's top stories in the world of sports. We'll discuss not only the headliners, but you'll hear some of the smaller stories that don't usually make it on the sports wires today. It's a forum for the sports fan, hosted by Joe Cribbs, a three-time pro bowler with the Buffalo Bills. Joe is a 10-year pro football veteran, a former Southeastern Conference Most Valuable Player, and a member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Discuss the topics with Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, Mondays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. Hey, football fans, are you ready for an intelligent discussion about the Buffalo Bills and the National Football League? Are you tired of listening to talk show hosts that have never played football? Instead of answering your questions, they prefer to listen to themselves. And when they don't like what you're saying, they just cut you off. Well, that won't happen on the Jeff Nixon Sports Report. Keep it clean, stay relatively calm and rational, and the discussion will flow well. Join Jeff Nixon Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports uh-huh uh-huh yeah rihanna uh-huh good girl going bad uh-huh take three action no clouds in my stones let it rain i have the plane in the bank coming down at the dow jones when the clouds come we go all righty, we're back. You're listening to Rayola Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. I'm a man of my word. I told Boom Boom if they did it, he'd get a chance to come back and celebrate. Let us be a part of the party. Boom Boom. Boom, 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 boom. Man, boom you, from you, man. California, Laker fan, diehard, all the way. Man, you called it, man. You said the party started before the game even I began. I said it. I said it. I said it, and I'll say it again. Don't ever count the Lakers out. Don't ever call Phil, call, uh, Phil Jackson that he's, he's washed up. Don't ever say that Kobe may be washed up. We got six rings. We got 16 celebrations of championship and when next year we're going to have our 17th year oh i'm calling 17 next year ahead of time oh 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 die hard lake nothing but purple and gold all the way man that's a lot of pressure man listen is the team ready for that already you know i i said the same thing last time i was on a on the phone call this is boom boom from california go ahead boom and i heard them talk about the pressure the field jackson is under 
the pressure that Kobe is under. And I said Showtime plays better under pressure. And with this Showtime, when, we, uh, when Showtime is ready to come out, they come out and it is Showtime. Once again, they have proven that Showtime is, is, is strong, is, is, is resilient. It can do and perform what it needs to perform when it needs to win a championship. You know, you can never count out a championship team. Wow, wow. Well, listen, Boone, we, we got Jarris McIntyre, former Kansas City Chiefs, on the line with us, too. And, and he, too, felt the same way you did about them Lakers. But, but Jarris, you know, he said pressure, hey, they, they perform under pressure. But you said it, too. Jarris, you, Jarris, you think they're going to win it again next year, too, possibly? Yeah, man, I'm with Boom Boom. I think they're going to they're gonna three-peat it. They're going to three-peat it. I think so. Wow, man, that's a lot of pressure. Now, you know, in the history of the NBA, been, how many three-peats has been? Maybe five, if that many? I know Phil got what two of them. I want to say. Oh wow, that's right. That's, that's right. right. And, that's, with Jordan, and that's yeah, with, with Jordan. I think Jordan three repeated twice. I, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Well, boom. Let me ask you something, man. They had a celebration out there. And it's, I know it started before the game, but I mean the official celebration. Boom. Did Did you go out there? Did Did, did you Did you party a little bit with them? Would you have the boom booming out there? Well, you know, we did it all in the Boom Boom Room. Oh. And we don't have to always go downtown. We got the Boom Boom Room with the barbecue ribs and the barbecue sauce. Wow. And the rib tips at the same time. So we did it at the Boom Boom Room. Man, that's a beautiful thing. We enjoyed family, man, enjoyed the Boom Boom Room and enjoyed the queue. And we enjoyed ourselves. We just said, hey, this is another one of celebrations for L.A. So uh, being a diehard L.A. fan, we kicked it at the house and enjoyed it at the house on Monday. Well, I guess Alicia and, uh, and, and your boy, uh, you know, they ain't got it right all the time. It ain't always about New York, huh? No, Jay-Z no. And, and, and Alicia ain't got it right this time. Are they going to have to change that to L.A. instead of New York? That's it. That's it. Man, well, I tell you what, Boom, I'm, I'm going to take you up on this one. I'm going to have you call back next year before the season starts, and you're going to have to make that prediction, and then I'm going to call you after the season and and see if you were right, because I, I you know I, I don't I don't want to say you're gonna be right, but I'm 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 leaning that way. Now you know I I, I didn't jump on the Laker bandwagon. I've been there. I, Kobe, I like the way that boy played basketball. Magic gives it up to him. Magic said he's the greatest basketball player on the planet right now. Yeah, yeah. Ma- Magic gives it to him, and I notice that Magic continues to emphasize that, and I, and I think Kobe appreciates that. But but let me just say, can I get a shout out, please, for Ron Artest? Can you give him a little bit of credit? Boom 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 to Ron Artest. Man, Got man, off, man, he is the point man on the three point shot that kept the Lakers in the game. Between him and Kobe and Gasol, they put it down the last three points of the game. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what Jared said. Jared said those three right there. So I guess y'all right on the money. But let me. But but just like Ron said, Ron said it himself. That when he shot the ball, Ron said, you know, he got that little thing that, 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 that somehow or another that, that feels able to communicate them without even talking. They can feel that, 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 that sensor. And he was like, Ron, don't shoot, don't shoot, don't shoot, don't shoot. Oh, good shot, Ron, good shot, good shot. <laughs> that's it, that's it. <laughs> so, you know, you, so you know, boom, you really didn't want Ron shooting that shot at that time, right? Well, you know what Ron said at the beginning of the season, that if they lose, it was going to be his fault. Yeah. So he had to stick his neck out to prove to them that they were going to win because he was there for the ring. See, it wasn't yeah. about the money with Ron Artest. It was all about the ring. It wasn't about the money. It was about the ring. So he came to earn that ring, and he earned that ring. Got wow. He yeah. from, from uh, what do you call it, from uh, uh, to kill roll to, to hero. Mm. Mm. Sound like you're preaching that, Boom. Hey, hey let me hey, say this to you. Hey, boom, boom, let me say this to you. The one thing about Ron Artest, man, that man does give you everything he's got night in, night out, yeah, you know. Yeah. And I thought that he deserved to win that ring. Yeah. 
and and I'm happy for him. And and if you could get him another one, go ahead and do it. I'm gonna jump on that bandwagon. But boom, I thank you, man. I appreciate you calling in. Boom, 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 boom. Keep boom, listening boom, to the show. Boom, 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 L.A. all the way, baby. All the way. All right, now. go. Talk to you, boom. All right. Later. Hey, Jairus, man. Listen, okay, listen. Let's let, let's kind of get back to this one thing. We finished out on Troy. I had to give Boom his time. But, man, we, we, we got one of the fellow soldiers out there, and his son has, has fallen in such a way uh, that, you know, people are looking at him now and, and, and trying to put some blame on him. And that is uh, Deron Carter, who is the wide receiver for, of course, the Ohio State University, where I play ball at. And, and his dad, of course, is, you know, potential Hall of Famer, you know, Chris Carter. And, and, he's, and his son is academically ineligible and is going to transfer to a JUCO. Is that a reflection on the father? I mean, you wanted. Let, let me let me set this up the right way because I I forgot to give everybody all the information why I would ask Jairus this particular question. Jairus is the offspring of 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 a, of a fine man who was also a professional football player, and you can only imagine what it's like to to live up under the shadows of your dad, always wanting to try to break away, always not really wanting to be compared to your dad. But your dad has set a goal for you to to at least achieve and shoot for that. Because if you know if you shoot for what dad did, then you're going to be right there playing on Sundays. Uh-huh. And then if, if it's in the classroom, wherever it's at. But in this particular case, is it fair to do that to the father or to the son? Tell us, though, because you walk, these, you walk through these kind of shoes. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you can blame it on either or. Yes, the dad... The dad might think that, like, man, but at the end of the day, the child, you know, the the kid has been in school. He knows what his obligations are, the things that he has to do to be eligible. So, I mean, Chris is not there with Deron. He he went there. He'd probably go up there anytime he wanted to, probably sit in the classroom if he wanted to. But when it comes down to it, it was him that had to get the grades, had to do what he had to do to, you know, play on the field the worth ethic and everything else. Yes, Chris probably instilled that in him, but when it comes down to it and you're a 16, 17, 18-year-old kid, you got to know at that particular time I got to do what I have to do to be successful like my father. And, you know, and, and that's the thing about it is, is I think sometimes that, that kids look at what their parents have accomplished and perhaps in that kid's mind it, it may be easy or, or something else can happen. And, and and I even myself, I find myself struggling with this. You know, sometimes, you know, kids just want to do things their own way. For some reason, they need to find out that that damn stove is hot. They got to put their hand on it and get burned. Yeah. In this particular case, there's no need to get there's no need to flunk out of school. I mean, you, and, and I'm you know, I have a son. So, I, man, I'm I'm, I'm going to take this article. I'm going to print it out and I'm going to take it and hand it to my son, you know, as something as again. Here's an example of what could happen if you don't do what you're supposed to do. You got to hold yeah. up your end of the bargain. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and, but it becomes the embarrassment because see, every time you mention Deron Carter, who now has, you know, flunked out of school and has to go to a community college. You also mention Chris Carter mm-hmm. and man, see, we just don't have enough time. There's always not enough time, but listen, I appreciate everybody listening. You've been listening to rail of sports on the voice America network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. Want to thank my man, uh, Jairus McIntyre for hanging in with us. Of course, I want to thank Boom Boom for calling in. L.A.'s the place. See if you can do it again next year for that three-peat. You've been listening to Rail and Sports here on the Voice America Network. But as I always say, I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. You have my heart and we'll never be worlds apart.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.